Welcome to Help and Hope, a podcast of CCEF. Welcome to Help and Hope. My name is Winston Smith. I'm your host. I'm a faculty member and counselor at the CCEF, and I'm joined by Miriam Herzog, who is a CCEF student and an employee at CCEF, as well as Tim Lane, who's the president of CCEF, as well as a faculty member and a counselor. Welcome to you both. Thank Thanks. you. Good to be here. I want to uh, to ask you today about about a situation that can be especially tricky in the local church. Um, Anybody who's done much face-to-face ministry or counseling has come across people who, who can feel at times especially needy on the one hand, a needy of relationship, can be maybe even demanding in relationship, and at the very same time very fearful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these folks get lumped into categories like borderline personality disorder. Um, but, but, uh, but folks, hurting folks show up in church and, and it can be really difficult, yeah. especially for pastors to know how to, how to help them effectively. And I, I wanted to ask you, Tim, as someone with both counseling and, and a lot of pastoral experience, just what your thoughts about that, how churches can, can be more effective yeah. in, in loving these folks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would start personally in just confessing that this was probably one of the, the weakest areas that I had in going into pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was because, um, in large part, a lack of training, a lack of uh, exposure to the realities of pastoral ministry, a, a lack of appreciating people's complexities and the degree of sufferings that they may have been through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look back uh, as a pastor, I pastored for 10 years, and these were places where I, I, I missed opportunities to help people. And, and this is kind of typically how it went. Um, I didn't know it, but I was dealing with a fearful, needy person, fearful for whatever reason. Um, you know, experience in their past um, with other people, circumstances. And um, they, would, they, they wouldn't exhibit fear. What, it would, what, it, what would come out was anger. And so um, I made the mistake of interpreting, in, uh, interpreting that as just high-handed disobedience, hmm. and you know this person needs to be admonished, and and uh, you know fail to realize that this person wasn't necessarily exhibiting high-handed sin. The anger was of concern to me, mm-hmm. but it was growing out of fear. Mm-hmm. And probably what the person needed more than admonishment was encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking along the lines of a passage that we reference quite a bit around here. First Thessalonians 5.14, you admonish the unruly, but you encourage the faint-hearted or the fearful, mm-hmm. and then you help the weak. Um, we have you know, a broad spectrum of ministry methods that we can use based on the person. And so... It's a particular concern to me, and, and in the class I teach, uh, Counseling in the Local Church, we actually do a case study of someone who's deeply fearful and needy, and we walk through that in great detail because mm-hmm. I want these folks who are in the classroom to, uh, to have an eye for this mm-hmm. and to, to not make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah. I think, too, you know, as I've uh, worked with many people over the years who would kind of fit that description, I think it's so important for us to, to whether we realize it on the surface or not, but to, to be able to kind of get inside their shoes mm-hmm. and, and understand how painful their situation can be 
and how how understandable their situation can be. I mean, you're, we're using these terms fearful and needy, and I think we we can all understand how living in relationships can make you experience both mm-hmm. at the very same time. Fearful, yeah. Uh, I think we all have good reasons to be fearful in in relationships right. sometimes because we're always relating to sinners who can and have maybe wounded us very deeply, even abused us perhaps. Mm-hmm. We can all understand what it means to be needy in relationship because at a very deep level, as those made in the image of God, we were made for relationships. Right. So, so if on the one hand you experience this deep desire for intimacy and connection, at the, and at the very same time you know that that connection puts you at very uh, significant risk of being hurt again, right. you're going to live in a real push-me-pull-me world. Mm-hmm. And that inner conflict is going to be expressed in your relationships. You're going to want to move toward people, and as you move toward them, you're going to get really afraid, yeah. and you're going to want to pull away. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Tim, I think sometimes what you see on the surface is anger, just right. angry responses right. to, to that fear of being hurt that, or, the, or the perception that you've, you're being attacked. and. And I just think you're so right that we need to slow those interactions down and move toward those folks with compassion and understanding, really trying to make it safe for them to right. share their hearts. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be on the only on the extreme end of the, the spectrum. I, yeah. I had a I had a friend. He was you know what you would consider a, so, a socially well-adjusted guy. He was in ministry, and he had had a couple of experiences prior in ministry where his you know, integrity had been called into question or he had been challenged by, you know, people or leaders over him. And, um, you know, several years later, he found himself again in a similar situation where he was being questioned about something that he had taught. And and you could see, you know, those old fears, Mm -hmm. you know, coming up, up again in his life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't at the level that you might see in some people, but it was the, the same exact experience. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, this, this feels familiar, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, becoming very defensive mm-hmm. and reacting in, uh, in you know, almost hostile ways to his challengers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that I think we can all appreciate and identify with at some level um, without without minimizing the you know the the significant complexities that some people bring to the table because of because of deep deep hurts in their past yeah I want to I want to circle back a little bit just because I threw out that label that category borderline personality in in my very first uh, couple of sentences there and the reason I put that label out there is actually because it gets used a lot. Yeah. Probably gets way overused mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in in terms of the of the DSM. Um, you know, kind of the the uh, the formal category itself. I mean, it's it's um, it's a fairly specific kind of diagnosis, so to speak. Right. And it gets overused, and unfortunately, it gets overused in a way that's incredibly negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. what when people throw that term around, borderline personality? Uh, sadly, all too often, what they're describing is a relationship in which they feel really discouraged and overwhelmed right. in relating to a particular person. And um, and I, I think, you know, when we use labels, it ought to be to clarify and help us to understand and provide a direction mm-hmm. forward. And I think that that category can be useful, but I think we shouldn't start there. Right. 
with people, and yeah. we ought to start just by just by thinking. I think these two categories we're using are really helpful. Right. Being, being yeah, and that label, while it might be useful for just gathering some description of what that person's experience is like, it often is used in a pejorative, negative way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in a, almost a hopeless way. Right. These are the people that can't mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, this is, and this is what I talk about in my class. I said, this kind of person will, will challenge you and reveal your true character more than any other person in ministry mm-hmm. because they move towards you you do something, it may be something that you've done that does communicate hurt. It may be mm-hmm. something that doesn't, but they've interpreted that way because they tend to, mm-hmm. and they lash out at you. Mm-hmm. And you really will sin against them probably. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, how do you respond? And there, there are a couple of passages that, um, that come to mind, you know, as I think about the challenges of ministry with people who are, who are deeply fearful. Um, uh, one passage is First Peter four eight, where where um, Peter talks about how we're to love one another deeply from the heart. I think another translation is fervently. Mm-hmm. Um, it really means uh, love one another in such a way that you can go the distance with someone. Your love can stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was uh, helped by uh, a common uh, commentary on First Peter by a guy named Ed Clowney. Um, and he connected 1 Peter 4.8 with Ephesians 3.18, hmm. where, where Paul is praying that, um, that you might know, uh, together with all the saints, how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ for you. Hmm. And I thought, you know, I, I'm thinking about where are you going to get the wherewithal, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to remain calm and patient in the face of provocation and love one another deeply. Mm-hmm. Let your love stretch. Well, it's only going to be to the degree that you see how much God's love has gone the distance mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And He hangs in there and persists mm-hmm. and moves towards us yeah. when we're quite belligerent mm-hmm. at times. And you're relying um, on living in that love. And that, that's the love yeah. you're extending yeah. to the other person, yeah. not your just personal right. kind of resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, the reason I think it's important is because a lot of times folks who are deeply fearful are fearful because something has happened interpersonally. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, mm-hmm. but a lot of times. And so if that's where the deep hurt came from, mm-hmm. where they were sinned against, mm-hmm. then it makes sense that God wants to use a relationship or more than just a relationship, but relationships with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ that go the distance mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And that that is one of the biggest challenges in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I say this. You know, you can you can spend eighty percent of your time with a person who's like this, and they will they will inevitably tell you that you haven't spent enough time with them. Right. And what's what's the immediate reaction and temptation in that moment? It's to get angry. Mm-hmm. It's to condemn. I, how dare you right. say that I haven't cared for you? Do you? Let me show you all the things I've done. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a very encouraging response you know right. you just confirm that here you go again you're rejecting me I'm being rejected again yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. so well Tim you know we, we spoke in another podcast about culture mm-hmm. and about how counseling gets done in other countries and you know it's interesting because when I moved at 13 um, I really struggled making friends mm-hmm. in the US 
And actually just knowing how to go about that process was very challenging for me because the cultural context I had just previously been in had done relationships 100% differently. In fact, there were many expectations in relationships um, that you should pick up the bill when you go out with a friend. It was it was hands down. You know, if you were a good friend, you picked up the bill. If you were a good friend, yeah, exactly. Um, but if you were a good friend, you yeah. would return a call within a certain amount of time. You you know, there were these certain Unspoken. laws, right. rules, expectations yeah. within the French culture. And I came to the States and I was hurt all over the place. I was frustrated. I became demanding in relationships because of that. And I think, for example, our next door neighbor, she grew up in a cult, which was highly, heavily legalistic. So now she's trying to do church in a healthy way, in a really godly, wise way, coming out of a cult. So I think as we're counseling people and working with them and even having interpersonal relationships, we have to always be thinking of how do I incarnate Christ knowing this person and their background and bringing that to the yeah. table. And when they can come out and say, yeah, I remember I was raised this way or I had parents that said this to me every single day and put me down and or whatever it is at the background, either cultural or familial, yeah. that context, I think, plays hugely into how we're doing relationships in the church and with friends. And yeah, else. and not just throw a label at somebody right. and see them through a grid that, yeah, that right. may not be a good fit at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is... Uh, some just some pastoral experience you know as you as you think about helping and caring for folks who are struggling in this way um i think particularly if they're a woman you know one one of the things that churches really need to do a better job of and i again i emphasize this more and more in my class mm-hmm. is they need to bring wise godly mature women in That's the right. mix absolutely you know uh don't don't bring this woman in to a session meeting of all men and mm. you know say we we need to talk with you about x y and z that's I mean, right yeah that's right um yeah and uh and again it's just that how do how do we how do we move towards a person in a way that's going to be helpful mm-hmm. and how do we allow them to have an advocate or two in the room with them but also People that are there who can then leave the the meeting and help them interpret what just happened because oftentimes their interpretation is skewed mm-hmm. and they can say, no, they they didn't say that in a hurtful way. Here's what they meant. Mm-hmm. Or yes, you're probably right. That could have been handled yeah. better. And right. we we can go to them and talk to them about. And that. I would say too, like th- you know, thinking uh, about this, the people with this sort of category of struggle, like meetings themselves probably mm-hmm. aren't. The best form. formal That's formal right. meeting for ministry, yeah, right. yeah, because it just started. Right. You feel like you're in trouble already. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. And Tim, what would you say about kind of the wisdom piece of how you set up healthy boundaries? Maybe you know, mm-hmm. that word gets used a lot in our culture, and sometimes, mm-hmm. obviously, that's a really good word to use. Right. Sometimes that can be a selfish word. Yeah. I've got my boundaries, I and I'm not me. gonna. You know, yeah. what would you say to yeah. that? You know, how, how I know Ed wrote an article in the in the journal about mm-hmm. about boundaries and mm-hmm. spoke to. What that means, yeah. really living um, biblically and wisely. Right. What would you? What, what's been your experience yeah. as to how to set that up well? Yeah, I think I, I don't like to quibble over words. I know what you know. People are getting at right, right. when they're talking about boundaries. It can move in a self-protective way, but you know, I think I think the word that's probably more relevant is the word love. Right. So sometimes loving another person means that I'm going to sacrifice my time mm-hmm. it's going to be inconvenient sometimes loving them is letting them know that i can't help them at this moment unless there's a, a major crisis mm-hmm. and then um love means 
again, this, this movement towards a person so that even as we fumble, our, fumble along the way, I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to pursue you, and we're still going to think about mm-hmm. how we interact with one another. Um, and uh, that's much more challenging than just a nice, clean list of kind of do's and don'ts. Exactly. Um, but I always want to be communicating, uh, here's, here's why I can't help you right now. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, as we work together, I just want you to know that if I'm going to really love you well, then mm-hmm. I have to be honest with you about my limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in light of the, the struggles that you're having, here's what I can provide and here's what I can't provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's try to move in that direction. Yeah. Um, Maybe another category that's helpful instead of just boundaries is body. Um, right. The body, that's the body right. of Christ. That I, My individual boundaries, you know, who I am as a person, my limitations is important. One of, the, one of the things that my limitations remind me of is I'm supposed to be part of a bigger community. I'm not right. supposed to single-handedly be able to be everything mm-hmm. another person needs to right. be. And that it would never be God's intention for me to kind of single-handedly be something, be someone that can do everything for another person. I, right. He created me with limitations mm-hmm. because He created a body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and everyone needs the entire body. Right. So part of me accepting my limitations and helping another person to identify and accept their limitations as well as mine is, is another way of saying, yeah, we, we need more people. That's you need right. more people. You need to be connected to, to more. Yeah, and then how does, how does building relational capital that way enable you to say challenging things That's right. in ways that they will maybe be more prone to receive because you've exhibited a track record of patience mm-hmm. and you haven't... Uh, you haven't flipped out when they've tried to reject you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You've you've remained persistent and patient, and and you've you've won an opportunity to to, mm-hmm. to challenge uh, kind of the way they're living. It, this is an interesting conversation because it connects uh, well with a recent blog on our on our website about black and white thinkers, mm-hmm. and we have gotten a lot of response to that. Just very very highly emotional responses. Um, and I think what Ed was getting at was black and white thinkers, he was really getting at fearful people. Mm-hmm. You know, you either love me or you hate me. It's either mm-hmm. one or the other. And there's no room for gray in terms of, well, maybe you do love me, but because you're a sinner, you fail. And when you fail, it doesn't necessarily mean that you hate me. Mm-hmm. It means that you fail to love me. But we can move forward, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So there's that, what we would call theologically, the already not yet. Mm-hmm. We're living in this in between time where sin is still at work, and yet the grace of the gospel mm-hmm. is is on the table as well. Mm-hmm. But we haven't reached the other side yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think as I've read the responses to Ed's blog, there's been some misunderstanding about mm-hmm. what he was trying to get at in that blog. It wasn't, is there such a thing as truth? Mm-hmm. Right. It was, you know, the situational nature of life, the existential mm-hmm. nature of life. There's a lot of gray, and and uh, how does wisdom guide us yeah. uh, day by day? I was yeah. thinking of a, you know, the wisdom of Proverbs one seven: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, in all these relationships, it's keeping that guiding principle at work. And as you relate, whether it's pastor to you know, uh, counselee, or whether it's person to person in the body. How can I fear the Lord first? 
in moving out in love towards you or in, or in setting up maybe some kind of a, a boundary that's, that's healthy and wise. And that relates to what Tim's saying about black and white thinking because if we fear the Lord, then we're going to accept different perspectives and it's going to sharpen us, you know, because the Lord, like you said, wants us to live in community. So, Well, a lot to think about there. Yeah, yeah this is a big subject. We, yeah. We, you know, just we could, we could go on and on. We I think could. we have gone on and on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good. Thank you for joining us. For more information about CCEF and its resources, visit us on the web at ccef.org.